way we consume and share news today. It is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online. From the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute, we're joined by Erica. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's great to be back in the studio. It's nice to have you back in the <laughs> studio. Although I've acclimated to the whole Zoom situation at this point in yeah. time. Yeah, we, <laughs> we adapt fast. Yeah. That's something we learned throughout the pandemic. Sure. Right, let's jump into our first buzzword of the day. So New York City is to ban a station that was formerly called the Comfort Station. And the term, obviously for us, has links to World War II sexual slavery. Yeah. And so I believe the community of Koreans there, local Koreans, have asked for the removal. And yep. so it will be done. That's right. New York City says it will no longer describe its uh, park bathrooms as comfort stations mm. um, because of the euphemisms association with the comfort women. So uh, beginning in the 30s and lasting through World War II, an estimated 200,000 comfort women were forced into Japanese military brothels uh, and they were known as comfort stations. Okay. Uh, the system primarily relied on women trafficked from Korea as well as some other Asian countries and it's among the most widespread examples of state-sponsored sexual slavery. So Parks Department officials announced that any reference to comfort station will be replaced with public restroom mm. or public restroom building mm. effective immediately as part of what they call a conscious effort to champion and support human dignity. Okay, so New York City is, if you've ever been, infamous for lack of yep. a public bathroom access. The rebranding of these public restrooms is perhaps overdue. That That's regard. right. Um, the term public restrooms will be used in all future signs and communications. A Parks Department spokesperson said the change was made in response to feedback from public and staff. Okay, so then I must ask, then when did the term comfort station uh, enter New York City's lexicon first? So um, the term was used actually decades before World War II. Oh. Uh, at the time, in a push to improve public accommodations during the progressive era, um, in contrast to, well, then existing public toilets, the so-called comfort stations were larger. Uh, they were often underground structures at popular public spaces. Many uh, were eventually closed, although some examples remain operational. But beginning um, next summer, the Parks Department will roll out a new type of standalone bathrooms, uh, sort of a, a prefabricated kiosk uh, intended to cut down on the high costs of building traditional restrooms. I had no idea it predated World War II yep. comfort station. Mm. And, and I mean, the reason why we're even steering clear of calling World War II sexual slavery with comfort women is because, well, it's it's still a euphemism, right? That's right. So the word comfort is not perhaps our point of contention. It's just the given the sensitivity, yep. maybe we could name it something better. It's big of New York City to say yes. that we accept the terms yep. and we're going to change it. One of our listeners, mm -hmm. uh, Nikolai, asked, so do the Philippines have to change their use of comfort room, aka the toilets? I had no idea. Perhaps in the Philippines, they use a term too. We can't force any country or any city to do something. Right. If the public speaks and there's a consensus 
consequences, mm-hmm. that might be a different story. Agreed. All right, let's move on to our second buzzword of the day. Uh, he's quite a name, quite yes. a figure, and not just in Japan, mm-hmm. all over the world, I believe. The name is Yurichi Sakamoto. He is an Oscar-winning composer. He has passed away at the age of 71. That's right. Um, he's a celebrated artist. He was yeah. a celebrated artist. Uh, you know, uh, his career, illustrious career included pop, experimentalism, Oscar-winning film compositions. Um, he had been undergoing treatment for cancer. Uh, he was actually first diagnosed with throat cancer in 2014. And then last year, he revealed that he had terminal cancer just a year after he disclosed suffering from rectal cancer. Um, so let's talk a little bit about his career, shall that. we? Uh, he was a pioneer of the electronic music of the late 1970s. Uh, he founded the Yellow Magic Orchestra, or just simply um, YMO. And uh, he he's actually acted as well. Um, back in 1983, he acted alongside David Bowie in the film Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Uh, he composed its celebrated theme, uh, which was the first in a series of film scores, including Oscar-winning work uh, in 1987 for Bernardo Bertolucci's The Last Emperor. Mm. And following The Last Emperor, in which he also had an acting role, he collaborated with the the, the movie director mm. once again for The Little Buddha, starring Keanu Reeves, Bridget Fonda, and uh, Chris Isaac. He also scored two films by Brian De Palma, Snake Eyes, and Femme Fatale. Some really famous names here. Oliver Stone's Wild Palms, uh, Pedro Almodovar's High Heels, uh, the 1990 film adaptation of The Handmaid's Tale, and much, much more. Um, Most recently, his 2015 score for The Revenant was nominated for Golden Globe, BAFTA, and Grammy Awards. He also wrote music for TV. That's right. Uh, Back in 2019, he composed the music for an episode of uh, Black Mirror, which is a dystopian TV drama series. Um, Yeah, you know, despite his battle with cancer, uh, Sakamoto released a full-length album titled 12 on his 71st birthday earlier this year in January. Uh, he stated at the time that composing had a small healing effect on his damaged body and soul. Uh, he was also a well-known environmental campaigner. He opposed the use of nuclear power. And in recent years, he was mostly based in New York, right, right. Um, although he regularly visited Japan and uh, most recently, he was uh, featured in the local news when Korean musician Yuhiyo was accused of plagiarizing Sakamoto's works. To which, if you remember, Yuhiyo publicly apologized yep. and Sakamoto said it is just all right. Yep. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. I think it was him who, who said, uh, you know, art is long, life is short. That's right. Right? Yep. And I think his music will speak volumes in the years to mm-hmm. come. On to our final story today. If you've seen e-scooters around your own city, and <laughs> thought that's a nuisance. <laughs> well, apparently Parisians are taking it to the next level and they've just voted on, well, the idea to ban e-scooters on their streets. Yeah, and they, they voted just hours ago, really? actually. Paris voted overwhelmingly to banish uh, these electric scooters from the streets of Paris. It's a blow for sure to operators and a victory for road safety campaigners. They've been working to make this vote passed for years now. You know, I, I've only been to Paris like two or three times. Yep. 
know, so who am I to judge? But I mean, there's a lot of cobbled in your streets. And yes. I'm wondering with the uneven pavement, is it really safe for even those who are on the e-scooters? Just a food for thought. The referendum means that the City of Light, once a pioneer in actually embracing yeah. e-scooter services and these rental services, it's going to become only one of the major European capitals to outlaw the, uh, the widespread devices booked on apps. Yes, apps like Lime. Now, the city's residents were asked recently mm-hmm. to weigh in for or against e-scooters in a public consultation, which was actually organized by Mayor Anne Hidalgo, mm-hmm. with nearly 90% of the votes cast against. As you've said, overwhelming majority yep. uh, speaking up against these e-scooter usage. Uh, now, what does this mean for operators of these e-scooter mm. devices. I mean, it takes hundreds, sometimes even thousands to set up around different parts of the cities. It's a business at the end yep. of the day. What's their it's, it's a blow. Uh, operators say they're being unfairly singled out mm-hmm. as responsible for the chaotic nature of Paris streets. They're saying, of course, uh, there are going to be accidents, dangerous accidents. But, uh, you know, that's the, the nature of, you know, human beings. <laughs> you know, they're not careful. They're reckless sometimes. This but, is true. you know, why are you blaming the, the actual machinery itself. That's what they're saying. It's not the scooter's fault, but those who actually operate it. Yeah, exactly. Now, Anne Hidalgo, the mayor of Paris, has actually championed uh, bikes and other forms of non-emitting transport since Uh coming into power in 2014. Her administration actually welcomed e-scooter operators with open arms back in 2018. Uh, But over the years, uh, her administration has progressively tightened regulations. Uh, For example, they created designated parking zones Zones, mm. limiting the top speed and restricting the number of operators as well. Because, I mean, yes, it is up to the users, but it's also up to the operators to make sure that these e-scooters are not left everywhere. Correct. Um, maybe getting in the way of traffic that's already so complex. In yeah, Paris. I mean, you know, e-scooters strewn everywhere. It's a it's a has it's hazardous even here yeah. in the streets of Seoul as well. I'm actually seeing more police officers. Literally yeah. yesterday I saw a police officer and this guy without a helmet on an e-scooter get into an argument. I I see so many kids on these e-scooters on the streets of Seoul not wearing helmets. And every time I see them, I'm like, ugh. It what if their cringe. moms saw them, you know? <laughs> they don't know. Right. Uh, that's the problem. Um, and just to be make sure, I mean, in most cities, mm-hmm. I mean, there are rules that stipulate you have to wear helmets yep. and they can find you and they will stop yes. you, it seems. All right. looks like the measures weren't enough to convince residents no. in Paris, though. You know, they've often complained about uh, reckless and drunken driving. On e-scooters. <laughs> there are a lot of tourists who have been reckless on these e-scooters. There's a lot of clutter on the pavements. Mm. Uh, A spate of fatal accidents has also highlighted the dangers of these vehicles, um, which can currently be used by children as young as 12. You can see the blaring red flags. How do we deal with to ensure the streets of Paris, streets of Seoul Mm -hmm. are safe? Uh, Okay, so we're strictly talking about these e-scooter operators then. What about then the privately owned e-scooters? Because... (laughs) Believe it or not, my husband owns one. Uh-huh. And I got him a helmet. Right. <laughs> but Good. I mean, how are you going to remove those from the street? Uh, the privately owned electric scooters will not be affected okay. by the, the consultation. Um, for those of you who are curious, around 100,000 journeys are made every day mm. in France on rented e-scooters in and around 200 towns and cities. Okay, here's the thing. We made the comparisons between Paris and Seoul. Now, this ban in Paris can yes. encourage other cities to follow suit. That's right. For example, Montreal outlawed all electric scooters for rental or private use in 2020. 
Copenhagen banned rental versions in 2020. Mm. However, that city brought the scooters back a year later with the much stricter conditions. On the other hand, um, major cities across the world, including Washington, New York, Madrid, and London, have decided to expand the use of these, uh, <laughs> you know, vehicles. So I don't know. To each their own. To each their own. But I, I cannot highlight the fact that enough, like you get one life at you know take care of it Please be um, careful just be careful yep. and all could be well with the world right thank you erica pleasure see you tomorrow see you tomorrow if you're listening to our program using the podcast service just a reminder that we do go live monday through friday 7 a.m korea standard time so tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input see you bright and early on good morning seoul